and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach, and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. This season of the Collective Wisdom Podcast is brought to you by Between Tracks Media Productions. Chris Hall Franzkoviak set up Between Tracks with a mission to make the process of setting up and producing a podcast as easy and pain-free as possible. He does all that and more with his super organized system for file sharing, his tips and advice on everything from which equipment to buy to how to get the best sound quality. The service at Between Tracks is amazingly professional, reasonably priced, and above all, Chris is just a really nice guy to work with. I think it's fair to say that without his help, there wouldn't be a Collective Wisdom podcast. Wisdom, as we all know, is about understanding your own limitations, and mine on the technical side were pretty high. As ever, there's a link in the show notes for his website and contact details. Thanks so much to Chris at betweentracks.com. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to episode 30 of the Collective Wisdom podcast. I thought as we rounded up season three, I would take the time to look back and reflect and show my gratitude as it's an opportunity for me to thank those 29 incredible humans who have joined me as guests and have been so generous and trusted me with their beautiful stories. As with any creative project, it takes being vulnerable and facing up to your own fears and understanding that you're never not going to feel that fear, but the only thing that will help you get through it is to take some action and make a start. But the recognition should really go to those wonderful guests who have shown the real courage here and trusted me with their stories and often told them as if there were just two of us in the room, when in fact there are many people whose hearts have been opened and spirits have been lifted by those stories. How do I know? Well, because people have told me I have just been so bowled over when people have reached out. My beautiful friend, Kirsten, who even shared with me that Louis, her teenage son, had listened to it in the car with her and had said, yeah, it's actually not that bad. Coming from a teenager, that is just music to my ears and so lovely of her to have shared it with me. Yesterday, we had a barbecue, the first family gathering in what feels like a very long time to celebrate my eldest son Jake's 21st birthday. 21 years has absolutely flown by. But what I was so grateful for was the way even members of my family were sharing with me their favourite moments from the podcast. Jake's girlfriend Lauren is always reaching out to me and saying little things like, I just listened to Victoria Hefty, what an amazing woman. Or, or Anthony, who is a who is a writer himself, had listened to Siobhan Curran, the writing coach's episode, and actually taken the time to reach out to her and thank her for all her wisdom. It's just so gratifying and to know that it means something to all these people. So it's been a humbling experience to get up close and personal to the edge of my comfort zone and burst through to the other side. And what I want to share with you today is just 
some of my favourite moments. I can't include all of them. Uh, I'm hoping some will be little snips that maybe perhaps didn't make it into the, the finished episode. Sometimes those conversations we have just before we hit record or just after are absolutely priceless. We'll start where it all began with Bernadette Dewar, who I will always be so grateful to for the incredible workshop, the Story Skills Workshop, which taught me about the power of stories to connect and has been transformative in the lives of so many people who've been through the workshop. I, I know that firsthand as I've seen it happen. You can hear her episode, episode 10 of the of season one, but here's just a little moment of us reflecting after we finished recording that very first episode where she had somehow got me onto a totally different subject from the planned, prepared story I was about to tell. This is what happens when you sit down with someone who knows stories inside and out and how to get to the bottom of them so, so well. Here we are at the end of that very first episode, just rejoicing in the fact that it's done and you can hear the relief in my voice. Oh my goodness. Oh, that was just magical. You are a genius. Genius. Thank you. I don't think that's going to be a short episode. You're going to have to do a proper yeah, yeah, And it was so funny because that story, you took me right back to the beginning and jewelry and that, that, you know, I was, I was going to tell a nice little compact story with context catalyst. <laughs> the, the, the pre-prepared. The, this is the story. I so have forget that. <laughs> it was so no, funny because I, I was. That thing. My mind was blown when I heard about your son coming home saying, I can't, I can't draw Roman soldiers. And you're going, okay, my solution to that is I'm going to start an art school. What? Oh, we had such fun though. We used oh, to, I remember buying salty. a television and we had this enormous television box. And so these kids were younger than Jake in the end. I used to have five-year-olds and all sorts. Mm -hmm. And I, we put this box downstairs and we cut a hole in it and they would climb in. We made this theater. And so then we could make puppets for the theater and, they had the best time just creating one minute. It would be an actual television. So they'd be acting inside this box. And the mm. next minute it would be like a proper punch and Judy oh, type, wow. you know, and just, as I say, it, you, you just fuel yourself from the enthusiasm. I, I would just be the facilitator. I would just have to show up with the paints and, and because it was all outdoors, they could get messy. They could, you know, and the mums would just sort of drop them off and we'd hose them down before before um, before they were picked up. And I've still got beautiful you, photographs. You need to tell that story a lot more. Well, That's it's a funny it's story. Just, yeah, it's just so. It's got the context catalyst, all of it. Yeah, and and it came honestly. It came from a. This might not work. I'm just going to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. create a studio that the kids can go into and understand that drawing isn't something you have to, you know, you just you just pick your pencil up and do it. You don't, you don't have to overthink it. He's Jacob just, I mean, he's now, he draws gearboxes. He's an engineer, but he still wouldn't ever do any creative drawing. And yet Josh yeah. just ran with it. He, he did some amazing artwork. So yeah, I mean, I was always really pleased that, you know, it came out like that, brought out their creativity. But if I'm honest, it was quite self-serving because I just got to play with paint and, and mess about. And yeah, it was, mm. <laughs> it was lots of fun. Which brings me on to the person I think I'm most grateful to in all of this process. Nick Phillips met me just when I needed to hear words of encouragement. 
But he did not only that, he was willing to share a deeply personal story about losing his mom when he was only 14 years old and how the way she communicated, what that was going to be like, everything from how he might feel going to the funeral to how to navigate life without your mum. It was such a touching and beautiful and deeply personal story and I am still so grateful to him. I just wanted to add this little excerpt of the day we met to record the interview and the conversation we had just before we started as it really does express just how grateful I am to him for for being prepared to do that. Yeah, no, so I... I believe in magic. I, I do really honestly believe in magic. And I, I was sitting working on that podcast fellowship and you, ha- you had to write your explanation of what the podcast is for, you know, collective wisdom and, and why you and what, you know, what, what it's going to be all about. And it was so funny that I was struggling with that definition of, you know, collective wisdom for me is about how stories have been the way we've told, you know, we've passed wisdom down from generation to generation for, you know, centuries now. And that wouldn't it be a great place to have a receptacle where you could just share some of this wisdom and, 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 and just, I could just put, put it into this place as a sort of reminder of what's going on. And, 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 you know, when you need that piece of wisdom, as opposed to knowledge, you don't just need to Google, how do I do this? It's just what can help me in this situation. And I think, I think COVID has, has definitely played a part in that, sort of watching everybody go through a universal moment of, wow, we're not in control here. And this mm. is making it very apparent to us that it just throws you into that context of life. You think you can control it with putting things in the diary and planning and making, setting goals and all that stuff. But actually what's going to happen is going to happen. And I was just struggling with, with how to put all, all of that into words. And then I came onto the call with you and I guess I just threw it all out there, you know, in a way that I probably would never have done if there'd been six people on the call or uh, if, if you'd said to me, oh, what are you up to? Oh, well, I'm, I'm on the podcast fellowship and it's, 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 turning into be, it's turning out to be a bit of a challenge or I would never have opened up. And yet your response to it, which was, wow, I would love to go through that process of just being engaged and, and, and asked to tell a story, somehow made me think, okay, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's all about. So I'm, first of all, just so grateful for, for that sort of inspiration and that, that kind of attitude of openness. It was really, I think, I think for me, it sums up what simple act of kindness is, which is to just say, when you see somebody doing something important, important to them, you made me feel really seen. And that, that act of kindness has kind of spurred this whole new sense of conviction about what I'm doing. But also it was just a moment where there was a sort of connection. And, 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 and it was funny how a story, and that I think is going to be the basis for the whole podcast, is, is really just engaging in stories. And then you sent me through, you know, this piece that was just so beautiful. I was, I was just... You know, and that was just your song. That was just so, and I feel, you know, already I feel that there's a sort of a connection. That's the power of the transformational power of stories. So I feel like I know you 100% better than I did before you told that story. 
it's it's so incredible and what i really wanted to say was how generous of a, of you to be that open so quickly so it, it didn't have to get to the point where you know i was sort of setting up an interview and then we stumble across this piece of gold um which is which is where i think all of your wisdom is going to come from you know that experience of of losing your mum and for, at such an early age must have been part of your your whole formation yeah the yeah. The, the way that you you've, you've kind of gone out into the world it's Extremely huge welcome, Kat. i think my my openness is probably a reflection of you and kind of yeah yeah the fact you shared what what the podcast means to you and what you're trying to do with it um, i think it's just yeah a reflection of that really and that takes me on to sheila who uh is also my mum and yeah my lovely friend kate who lives just next door coined the phrase sheila the legend and and sheila's all about building communities and yeah working together collaborating to make things better and being the rule breaker that she is she actually had two stories about acts of simple kindness and so this is a great opportunity to to share her other story about when they went away for a weekend and there was a burst pipe and mains water was flooding into the house and how all the neighbors who have been so much part of their lives and my life growing up came to the rescue that day we got up and the phone rang it was about half past eight and i thought it was going to be one of the girls saying what time you're going down for breakfast and it was Dave Stoyle who lives opposite. And he said, I hate to bother you, but there's water coming out from under your garage door. And I said, mm, well, there shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> but the other complication was your dad knew he'd left an electric charger charging somebody's battery, I don't know, in the garage. So he didn't want anybody going in the garage before they switched the power off because if the charger was there and wet, boom. So Dave, bless him, we told him where to find a key. And apparently he'd only rung us after he tried unsuccessfully to find someone with a key. And what had happened was we changed our front door and we hadn't changed. The Osmonds had a key, but not for that door. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody else had a key, but not for that door. Anyway, he rang us, told him where to find a key. And they let themselves in. And what had happened was, it was just after we'd had the, the room put above the garage and the plumber, who your dad got from God knows where in Chichester, had fixed a pipe somewhere that, to the water softener and it had come adrift. Yeah. So there was mains water flowing into the bit beside the washer. And of course it had gone down into the garage and was flowing out from under the garage door. But apparently, there was about three inches of water all over the kitchen floor. And Dave, because he'd rung round asking people if they had a key for our house, everybody knew there was some problem. So yeah. it was Dave Stoyle, Bob Osmond, uh, Barry Stevens and Dave Arnold all turned up and blessed them. When we got home, he wouldn't have known there'd been anything happened. They'd mm. cleaned up the kitchen, turned the water off, obviously, cleaned up the kitchen. They'd put a uh, an extension lead to keep the freezer in the garage going because the electrics in the garage had gone off. And if they hadn't been there, we would have come home to, I don't even like to think, but it was a fact they didn't just 
say, okay, we've turned the water off, everything's fine. They clean, and Dave Stoyle apparently fell down the stairs, you know, the stairs from the, the utility down to the kitchen, because it was wet, and he'd taken his shoes off, he just had socks on, he'd gone slithering down those stairs. I mean, anyway, they'd done all that, and so we so we had them all over for a big slap-up dinner and what have you um, a few weeks later. Mm. But that was, it was just incredible, you know, they'd, they'd all got the mops out and mopped so up all the duty yeah absolutely. and so when we got home on the sunday the roof of the garage half of the roof of the garage had come down the, the ceiling of the garage fortunately the half that wasn't over the car it was the old jag that was in there so that came down and we had to get that fixed and ultimately the freezer and the uh, fridge did give up right. but they kept going so it was, you know it's just one of those things Really kind. I'm zooming with Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> In many ways, this has been also a beautiful way to just counter all the challenge of lockdowns and uncertainty. And one of the things I was really grateful for was whoever I reached out to, even people who who are really young, and I cannot believe how. When I think of myself at the age of 20, there's no way I would have been put together enough to to share my stories on a podcast. So I was really grateful to Libby Rose, who is an amazing songwriter. And I just wanted to share this little bit of, yeah, her describing lockdown and all the challenges that it's been that it's brought, and to reflect on just how hard it has been for so many people. And her resourcefulness when it came to finding creative ways to get through it. How are you? Thank you so much for being such a good sport and, and coming oh, along today. So no, thank you for having me. No, I really appreciate thank it because I um I loved your well, I've just always loved your music, but I loved the single and um yeah, I'd love to hear more about what's been going on for you and and what's uh, how's how's lockdown been? Um all right. I mean the first one was okay. I was I moved in with my boyfriend in the first lockdown and then obviously the second one and then I've been on my own like the first part of lockdown but he's back today so oh fantastic fantastic yeah like last last week so yeah good for yeah. you good for you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it just goes on and on and on and on and what's yeah. what's happening with the actual how they're delivering the course and stuff are they able to do stuff online um <clears throat> well yeah it is online but it's 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 hard it's really difficult because mm. there's only so much that you can do i've been really struggling to kind of keep focused and motivated yeah because it's really just hard. like you know it's it's a really active course so like you know if we can't go in and perform music with each other what's the point of it yeah and that's the whole yeah. idea and i mean i remember the whole kind of momentum that when you were first in that concert and you know just the buzz and the feeling of just being up there and that's what it's all about isn't it I mean that's that's yeah. what you're doing it for so definitely yes it's hard but I've been busking quite a lot well before lockdown before Christmas um, oh wow yeah it was it's good I I um which kind of like kept up the whole like performance feeling if you will yeah you know what I mean? yeah, yeah 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 that's it, what it's all about boosted it up a little bit and made me kind of think because I, I went through a period of time where I was like oh I just don't I don't feel like I want to do music anymore like I but 
Yeah, because I don't know, I feel like it's happened to quite a few musicians because obviously you have, I don't know, I've, I've had no motivation to to write new songs. Like I've been working with my producer on on like some upcoming songs that I've written before. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, so getting out and busking was good because I could just kind of feel like in, in my element again, yeah. you know. Oh, good for you for taking the initiative and going and doing that. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I've met so many people who are creative who are just saying, God, I've got all this time on my hands, but I'm just not feeling that sort of sense of, you know, momentum or impetus or, yeah, I don't know, inspiration, I guess. That's what it is. It's just... Because, yeah. I mean, you can always sit and write a song about being locked inside, but it's just like... <laughs> it's, <what>? yeah. <laughs> it's a happy song. I'm just going to ask you about where you get your inspiration from and what's the hardest part about going from that idea in your head to a sort of formally fully formed song. And you can maybe talk about, yeah, it's not always that easy and you do have those moments. I mean, I think people need to hear that it's not like, oh yeah, she's really talented and it just comes naturally to her. And you know, that's what motivates people to sort of push through their own barriers. And, and, you know, you make me feel like maybe I could be a singer (laughs) songwriter. anyone can do it you know it just takes time and practice no I think there's a time and a place and um, I mean part of it is because I've I've seen you grow so much in and but you've always been a natural performer if I'm honest and the other thing I'd love to touch on and I don't know how we can get to that is you know this idea that schools create an environment that can often be quite stifling for creatives and that you know because it's so formal and there's like you've got to pass these exams and even you know doing music you think you were a natural fit for music a level and yet that was just not where you wanted to be yeah so tough and could have really told you a story about being a failure so just yeah or to get your take on on you know school not necessarily being the best environment to bring you know to find your strengths um, yeah definitely I'll be good at that because I did not like <laughs> no but I think people will be really that's the stuff it's almost the stuff that you don't always put on show that people want to yeah. hear because that's when they get their sort of oh it's not just me then you know yeah yeah definitely yeah. yeah but the 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 essence of it is yeah just to have a chat with people and yeah it's my little creative space where I can say oh, look, you know, look what amazing things are going on in the world, even though it all looks like doom, gloom and disaster outside. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I never knew you had a podcast. And when you messaged me about it, I was like, yes. Well, I only, I only launched it in... Um, so I first had the idea in August last year, and then it took me till December I finally launched it because I was so full of self-doubt and worry and what am I doing and what if I don't like it and I have to keep doing it and... And finally, I convinced myself that it was worth it and I'd just get out there and do it. And so I launched it two weeks before Christmas, which was just, I mean, it was good in a way because it was nice and sort of, yeah, I'll just slip this over here. Nobody's going to notice. I'm just doing this very quietly, you know. No, no big launch. Funny that. Um, Because I needed to just feel my way through that, you know, that sense of, you must get that every time you just about go on stage and it never... It never really goes away, I doubt, that fear. It's just you get more comfortable with that feeling of, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then you feel so off the hook. So, and what's been lovely about it is now I'm starting to get a bit of feedback, which is all great. But also that when I reach out to people, I'm able to say to them, I think you're amazing. I think you're doing amazing work. You're just a very joyful person that I really want to 
bring into the podcast. It's just a thank nice way so to much. sort of celebrate people's views. So thank, well, thank you. Thank you. And talking of young guests, I heard back just recently from Maddie Wright, who came to join me in season two. And she was using her lockdown time to really dig into work as part of the team for the Durham University charity fashion show. And I'm happy to say that they actually ended up raising £55,000 this year, despite all the obvious restrictions and difficulties, sponsors pulling out and how they... They had to create all sorts of virtual events as opposed to real life, in real life events. So I'd just like to congratulate Maddie and thank her for being so generous with her stories. I know she was a little bit nervous when she first started, but she was just so beautiful. And she and the rest of the team should be so, so proud of that amazing achievement. This process has also been one of great humility for me. I've learned, I've learned so, so much and been humbled by the grace and eloquence of so many people who have joined me. But I think the moment that really stands out for me is Alicia Yates, who joined me in season two, who lost her, her beautiful mum, Dolores, when she was only 22. Alicia brings so much grace and eloquence to the way She just talked so fluidly about grief and grieving. And I know that this conversation will have been so powerful to anyone who's experienced loss. So I'm so grateful to Alicia for having what must have been an incredibly difficult conversation to have. Not being able to talk, you know, not being able to talk to my mom, of course, not to be, not being able to see her, that was hard. But then also this idea that other people don't really understand what you're going through, especially if they haven't, if they haven't bereaved, if they haven't lost anybody that is really close to them, then they don't understand, they don't know what you're going through. And this is something that you'll have to go through for the rest of your life. And so, you know, friends and family want to be there for you, but not necessarily understand what, what it is you feel. They might say, you know, they're in a better place. My thoughts are with you. These things that we are so accustomed to saying uh, to somebody that is bereaved at the time, initially, it did not bring me comfort and it just made me feel like nobody understood. But receiving empathy as opposed to sympathy is so incredibly important, I think. And when I spoke to people that had experienced grief before, who got it, I felt extremely seen. I felt heard. I felt less lonely. Yeah. to this day, like that still helps me. The resident, the resonance, sorry, the, the connection and the mirror, I feel like it just helps. And it, it also brought me closer to people. So my siblings, my cousin who experienced grief, my best friend who at the time hadn't gone through grief, um, but was trying to support me um, as best she knew how. Um, she now sadly has been bereaved and in, in, in a weird way, I feel like it's, it's, um, you know, me, me understanding what she's gone through, it, it's made us closer, I think. Even, you know, Jessica, Jessica Huey, she she lost her dad and that made me feel connected to her. And I think just even the support of um, from someone who knows, understands the pain is what you need. It's it's clearly well, certainly something that's, that I needed. And, you know, the, the, the talks are different. The, the look is different. 
the silence is different the hug is different and again you know it's it's hard to be vulnerable when you are dealing with grief depression and anxiety all of these things that come with it but I urge like anybody listening um now you know you're if you're going through grief find people that have experienced something similar because the resonance it, it does help and Alicia mentioned the gorgeous Jessica Huey, who, whose book Purpose, Find Your Truth and Embrace Your Calling was really a pivotal moment for me. I think that's, that's where it all began. I read that book. It definitely changed my life. And I was really privileged to be able to join Jess on a couple of her super, super retreats. I know she's got another one organized in Jamaica in September. And this is a great opportunity to thank her, thank her for all her insight, her wisdom. She shares some beautiful things in her own episode in season two and has connected me with so many wonderful people, one of whom is Jude Galea. We spent eight months working alongside Jess together. Jude is a doctor and, and now has her own beautiful podcast, Dr. Mind, Body, Soul, where she's really embracing everything that is so important to her from the world of traditional medicine, conventional medicine, but also marrying that up with what she intuitively knows to be true. She's spending a lot of time now talking to people who have different healing modalities, different ways of looking at our health in a holistic way that can really get to the bottom of what's causing those physical symptoms that are probably a little bit more deep than just the symptoms themselves. So here's Jude. And this also gives me a perfect opportunity to give a huge thanks once again to all the people on the front line who have been still now tirelessly working in such difficult conditions to to get through this pandemic, to help the families that have been affected so badly by it, when they themselves are exhausted. So here's a little bit of our conversation from Jude's episode in season one. Yeah. Like, you know, we're like, we're super spreading this shit. Like, why are we not vaccinated? Like, we're seeing the 80 year olds when they come in. Yeah. Like, you know, when you say, oh, this doesn't make any sense. And you just, that in itself is a real complex. Tiring. It's yeah. tiring. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really tiring. Like, it's just, and then that's what's been so exhausting over this. And I remember saying that to somebody earlier this year, like, what I'm finding most stressful about this COVID. Yeah, it was the first wave. It was like, what I'm finding most stressful is not the dealing with the illness, it's the political, it's, it's like what's happening around yeah. it, like that's just getting me so mad, yeah. that, that it's just, it's draining me. Wasted energy. It's draining Wasted. me, yeah. it's draining, it's so draining. I mean, I switched off the news and I, I haven't even engaged with the news for, I don't even know how long, like after the American election, I think I was exhausted. At least that went slightly the right way. <laughs> can you imagine because if we also had that well? to deal with as well, which was just like... <laughs> We're just going like, where's the news? I'm just going to go and jump. <laughs> no. Oh, it's good to laugh though. It is. And I'm so, so grateful, given all of that, that you've taken yeah. this time out today. I really appreciate it. But the podcast is just amazing. Yours, I mean, oh. just incredible. I mean, it's like everything and more. I'm addicted to it. And that's why I'm so, so thrilled because of, of all the guests. This is, 
so so I'm sort of finding my way towards wisdom and and you know I I think you had a much clearer message about why you were doing what you were doing and where it was going to go and what you know you, you could have listed your guest list but for me it's becoming Ah, oh, I get it now. You know, all I have to do is help people see that there are alternatives, that you can tell yourself a different story, that that you're so much more in control of your own health, financial health, relationships, you know, than you think you are. And that is the secret to a sort of more holistic, balanced, all-round, yeah, healthy. Once you get those things in place, then your your health actually does really follow, you know, this mind-body connection um that you can you could not put that better you could not put that better like one of the key messages of like you know what it'll be like to work with me for example is just noticing like it's because the key the start the very start of your healing journey is taking responsibility and that's like taking radical responsibility it's Mm -hmm. like where like what like it's it's just it's getting really clear really honest how you're taking care of yourself and how you're not. And that's definitely not on a physical level necessarily, although often it's expressed, you know, we'll we'll also be, it's, well, and also like we'll be doing things that don't look after us, like, you know, in the physical uh, consciously. And there'll be lots of things that we're doing subconsciously that are not looking after ourselves that are making us hurt because our body is a, is an expression, is a portal to our soul. Like that's what I'm, that's what I see the body. If if a body is in pain, it's like, where is that pain? Where is, where's the pain point? What level are you causing yourself pain? Like, where are you not looking after yourself? Yeah. And someone else I met through Jessica Huey is the incredible writing coach, Siobhan Curran, who really touched my heart when she, at the end of her episode in season three, was really, was really appealing to my audience to just spend some time thinking about who they could maybe help with an act of simple kindness. I think then, what going back to what I said about, you know, the simple act of kindness that impacted me, you know, my friend just being there, I would say to your listeners to, you know, to just think of someone in your life. Is there anyone you know in your life who's maybe going through a tough time or whatever that you could in some way just through a simple act of kindness let them know that you're there, not in an obtrusive yeah. way, but kind of like, you know, so it could be something lovely, like just, I don't know, order them something randomly from Amazon, you know, like just a little gift or, or you know, maybe there's a book or, or, or a collection of poems or something that you feel like, oh, this person would really, um, really love, yeah. or, you know, yeah. send them a little, you know, a surprise gift. Or, or like I said, if, if it's someone who is actually really struggling with something, yeah, just something like my friend did for me that night, you know, just kind of saying, hey, I'm here for, me, for you, I'm thinking of you. Um, and yeah, that would be so nice to feel like that's rippled out through your audience. And then we come to the moments of real courage. Uh, the one that stands out for me is is Phyllida Swift, who I met through the amazing community that was formed by Simona Barbieri, who I also have to say thank you so much to for being such a generous guest. It was through those communities and storytelling, story sharing sessions that Simona so wisely got off the ground and invented this space that they organized so well over at HubDot that I met Philida, who is now the CEO of Face Equality International and joined me during Face 
Equality Week back in May to share her stories about a tragic accident that left her with a facial disfigurement, which has completely changed her life, but how she's turned that around and transformed it into something that's a real force for good. And when I came to speak to Philida and learned that not only that, but she'd also lost her brother when she was only 15 years old. And I couldn't help but think about the courage that the courage and resilience that she's found and that her family must have had to find to bear all of this really challenging stuff that's come into their lives. And I thought Philida's simple request for how to make a difference to some of those people who are facing challenges around facial disfigurement and how to make everyone feel a little bit more included was just wonderful. An act of simple kindness that you would ask of my audience, what would it be? Well, of course, I have to take the official line here, which is about the way that we treat people with facial differences. So what I would just say is, if ever you come across someone online or in the street, treat them with respect the same way that you would treat anyone else. Um, It's not my line, but it's the line of a great activist within this space called Carly Finley, who has a book called Say Hello. You know, it's, it's treat people as you would expect yourselves to be treated. Don't go up to someone and say, what happened to you? What's wrong with your face? You know, just, and, you know, staring is never okay. Just put yourself in the perspective of that person and just treat people with respect over, over pity or, yeah. Yeah. Say hello to the person that's really inside. Absolutely. No. Might be the official line, but it's a beautiful line. So thank you. <laughs> so, Philida, thanks for spending the time with me today. Thank you so much, Kat. I've really, really enjoyed. And um, yeah, thank you so much for letting me waffle on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep in touch anyway. Amazing. Oh, thank you. That was definitely my favourite interview I've ever done. That coming from Philida was such a compliment, coming as it does from someone who spends a lot of time conducting interviews, being interviewed and sharing her story so that it might help so many people. I think she's one of the bravest and most compassionate people I've ever met. And talking of courageous people who are building communities, my lovely friend Amy Richards springs to mind. Amy is someone who who has her own podcast now called Square Peg, which is all about neurodiversity And she's building a community to help lead the conversation about what it means to be neurodiverse in a world where you don't always feel like you quite fit. Amy's wisdom and understanding of the difficulties, the challenges, and also the bravery to to step out of her own comfort zone and start to have these conversations has attracted a huge following from around the world. And it was such a pleasure to be able to speak to her and talk to her about what it means to her to build this community. That's what you're doing today, Amy. You really are stepping into who you truly are. And that is a very beautiful person who helps other people do exactly that, which is to understand themselves and perhaps in a non-neurodiverse world, how best they can navigate some of the challenges that come up from those so. yes I mean that's ultimately what I want to achieve with Square Peg in some way that is, it's an 
kind of progress at the moment, the podcast is kind of the start of it really, is to help other autistic adults on their own journeys to self-understanding and enjoyable lives where they can, you know, bring their whole selves and they haven't got to hide themselves or reinvent themselves daily just to feel that they're keeping up and able to function. I'm so impressed with Amy and the incredible work she's doing helping people to share their stories and just feel a little bit more seen. So it always seems to come back to the story. I've got one last little story clip to share with you before we part ways at the end of this episode. My lovely friend, Jackie Davis, who was a student in the in the fifth Story Skills Workshop, and she has gone on from learning how to craft her story in that workshop to appearing on national TV, telling her story. And here she shares a little bit about her experience of how she got there. And was it, was it a fun experience? Was it a good, did you learn a lot? It was, it was fun. It was really, uh, what was interesting to me anyway, was I, they wanted me to first get on stage to go through a, a rehearsal, rehearse, and then do it and they would record it. So as I'm re- rehearsing, I just blinked. And because I could see someone out of the corner of my eye and I turned, I said, well, Michael, can you please stop walking? It's distracting. He says, no, well, I have to do this because I'll have the camera. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I'll have to adjust to that. Because it was so, you know, it's, I'm looking straight ahead. Yeah. But I keep seeing, and, and it was, you really couldn't see anything he, I could see him, and then it was really black out in front of me, you know. And there were three other people there, but I couldn't see them. And right. there's a big clock on the wall, and, and they wanted, you know, seven minutes, and it's counting down. And so the next time I did it, they said, oh, wait, 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 you went too fast. I said, but I was trying to keep in the time. Don't worry about the time. Slow <laughs> it down. Okay, okay, okay. So then I did it. and. Um, at the end, they said, oh, well, I guess she's, I don't know, a big wig at the, at the uh, station where they were recording it. I used to serve on a board with her. And so they said, oh, well, Liz has been watching on Zoom. Do you want to talk to her? So I go, oh, I, she says, oh, when I saw the name, I said, Jackie Davis. I know a Jackie Davis. So she says, and then I saw you and I said, oh, it's my Jackie Davis. <laughs> You know, and I said, oh, okay. And so I, you know, I talked with her and then I went into the ladies room to change my, my top. And there's this a woman in there, very stately black woman, you know, just getting all, I said, oh, are you a storyteller? And she said, yeah. Um, and she, you know, I said, oh, what's your name? She told me and she's, oh yeah, well, I've been start telling stories for the past 30 years and I'm also a vocalist and I do that. And she's going on and on and on. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, here it is. My first story, first time telling <laughs> And I say to them, I said, you know, I'm not sure it's fair to put me up against somebody who's been doing this for 30 years. And they go, oh, don't worry, don't worry. It's okay. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fun. You know, when I finished, I could feel like, like my, I, like my armpits were, were moist, you know, I felt yeah, like my yeah. hands were freezing cold, you know, and it's like, 
all the blood drained out of my extremities to go to my body or something to eat, but it was, it was fun. I really, I had a good time. I had a good time. Jackie just has an infectious energy and a real sense of fun, as does Donna Easton. I so enjoyed my conversation with her all about life shine and yeah, taking that leap of faith and just quitting her day job and going for it. She's doing great things. So yeah, telling stories is all about connecting and making new friends, having fun, which does remind me of my dad and his story about the perils of buying your underpants in a foreign country. I remember buying some underpants in Italy. We went off on holiday and somehow I failed to... <laughs> to pack any underpants. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother said to me, come on, but can I go get some underpants? So we went to a <laughs> we went to a little town to a market and I bought these underpants. And uh I put them on. I bought about six pairs and I put the pair on and by God they didn't fit at all. And uh I, I said to your mother, these, these these are the most ridiculous pair of underpants. I've come across this, this the baggy at the back, and there's no way to put <laughs> no way to put your appendages at the front, <laughs> and they're ugly. And it turned out I was wearing them back to front and inside out, <laughs> because in my world, with a pair of underpants, the label is at the back on the inside, but not in the Italian sort of. I fashion. No, you have the label at the front on the outside. Oh. <laughs> so, that, but that—that's just, you know, that's in, in my view, that's just—it's this designer thing, you know. Mm. That if you're a designer, you would put the label at the front on the outside on your underpants, you know, just in case somebody happened to see it. Yeah, it's just in case. Strange. All of this is reminding me of, um, I think the, the thing you've taught me most that's most important that sticks out the most is never take yourself or anybody else too seriously. So yeah, that kind of sums it up really. Yeah, 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 I think so. Which brings me back full circle to being grateful. We've just wrapped up another session of the Story Skills Workshop. So there's a whole new cohort of storytellers who showed up with courage and vulnerability to share their stories. It was a real group of strangers who came in a month ago. And as ever, we've seen the power of our stories to connect, to make us laugh, to make us cry, and to build that essential thing called trust, which means we can actually show up and be who we really are. That forms friendships that may last a lifetime. One of those students was the amazing Michael Averill. He's a singer-songwriter who's just launched his own podcast called Write Songs You Love. And one of his songs, which he plays at the end of the first clip of the first episode, is a beautiful song called Thank You. So I reached out to Michael, firstly to ask him if he'd like to join me for season four. And I'm so thrilled to say he said yes. And then to ask if I could have permission to play his song as a final thank you to you as my audience for being here, for sticking with it, for listening, for reaching out and for making all of this so worthwhile. 
a million thank yous to you all. There are stories that you hear about that break your beaten heart and hit you like a freight train, leave you blown apart inside. And there are stories that will lift you up higher than the clouds that warm you for a lifetime and you never come back down. Well, I know both sides of the coin, the shiny and the dirt. I know how good love feels and also how it hurts. I felt the breath of pressure breathing down my naked back. And sweet relief, the sunshine pushing through the cracks. Well, I got a hundred million questions about the way the world works. There's 200 million answers that I'll never understand One thing that I've come to know is that things will always change And while I got this chance, I wanna take the time to say thank you Thank you The strength I couldn't find, thank you Thank you For the peace I feel inside, thank you Thank you For the kindness in your words, your gentle helping hand Never known a better friend Thank you, thank you For your thoughts and open ears Thank you, thank you You've always been there through the years Thank you, thank you For the kindness in your words Standing by my side I hope you know how much you changed my life
so that's it for season three. I'll be back in mid-August with season four, where I've got some amazing guests lined up for you, including my lovely friend Jean Early, who's a super coach and is passionate about neuro-linguistic programming or NLP and all it can do for us to deepen our understanding of ourselves and those around us. Uh, my friend Christina Lewis, who is the intuitive mama coach, she's a fellow IPEC coach and has some beautiful stories to share. She just had a little baby Malia about six months ago and she's working to help new mums navigate all the highs and lows of of parenthood and how to parent from a place of real intuition and dr rebecca lewis who's a gp who works at the menopause clinic in stratford she has been so helpful to me and has so graciously agreed to take some time out of her busy schedule to share her wisdom about the menopause its symptoms and how we shouldn't all be suffering in silence I'm so looking forward to sharing these guests and many, many more with you in the seasons to come. But in the meantime, enjoy the summer and one final chance to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from. So I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.